Opa Gundam style, everybody, and welcome to Wow Cool Robot, Noisepace.xyz's Gundam podcast. We're talking about a wonderful show from the 1990s that you might remember, and to kick us off, I'm Max, and I use he and him pronouns. And with me for the first time are my two wonderful co-hosts. Would y'all care to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, I'm Julia. I use she, her. Uh, and I'm Jared, or Jay, and I use he and them pronouns. And folks, do you remember Toonami? Oh, I've never heard hell of it in my life. yeah. Remember that <laughs> funny little robot name of Tom? Hey, Max, I wonder why you like drum and bass, my guy. <laughs> okay, you know what? It, it wasn't actually Toonami. It was specifically... I got really into Pendulum in high school. You know, I've got tracks. Because of like the racing (laughs) games I played. It was like drum and bass via racing games. And then kind of like wrapping back around. I'm like, oh, I remember loving this music that the fun robot played for me in Cartoon Network back in the day. Yeah, the funky little robot man. Everyone knows as Tom. Uh, God rest his soul. He's dead now. Very, very sad. Um, He died like three times, but this time it was real. (laughs) If Tom Toonami comes back to life, kill him Uh, again.com. Is Tom Toonami going to get like baby nutted? Is that where we're going to come to at some point here? Don't say that. Julia, Julia, you fucking, you can't verb that. You can't I verb that. I just did. <laughs> you can't make verb me that. process those words. Thank you. This is, oh, this is one. I always like when we get new people into the studio and see what kind of energy is happening. This is episode one. Oh, baby. It's chaos. <laughs> it's chaos and it won't stop being chaos. And that's also the theme of Gundam Wing. So let's go. <laughs> this is a show from 1995, I believe. This is a show that aired on April 7, 1995 in Japan, and exactly a day later in the United States, I was born. So, jot that down. So this is your show. Troubling implications this here. Is, this is my hole. It was made for me. <laughs> this, this is my cockpit. I'm piloting the Gundam now. Uh, this is a show that I think, like, basically everyone in our age bracket has some amount of nostalgia for, right? Like... I would, I would absolutely argue the same thing, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And like, like, even if they don't think it's a good show, they do remember it being on the television yeah. and watching it on that big screen. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this, this is America's first taste of Gundam, which is very funny because I feel like that kind of like broke the brains of a lot of people that we didn't get like actual original Gundam until who knows how long later. Um, and and certainly this show very much to me so far smacks of original Gundam, uh, which yeah, we'll certainly yeah, get into um, later on. There's there's a lot of kind of echoes and similarities, but I do want to point out that 0079 was introduced to the United States in 2001 and then a certain little thing happened and they were like, maybe a show about the tragedy vis- tragedies of war is like not the best thing to be airing right now. Oops. So uh, mm, 0079 had a face emoji. <laughs> yeah. 0079 had a failure to launch in the early 2000s. I think war might be bad. I think war oh, wow, might cool be robot. pretty bad. Welcome, welcome robot. Um, it's happening. Hey, we're finally here for Gundam Wing. I'm so excited. Um, let's. Well, here, but before we get into it, uh, we do a little mini segment most episodes. Most of the fucking time, we're talking with voice actors, uh, but we we always do. <laughs> When we first do this uh, podcast with new hosts, I like to ask them uh, what their sort of history with the wonderful media franchise of Gundam is. Uh, so, Julia, I'll go to you first. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I am a 
lifelong wing fan. Uh, and I've also uh, only watched, I guess, Iron Blood Orphans outside of wing because I am a bad Gundam fan. Mm-hmm. I forget. That you. does not make you a bad Gundam fan. It makes you better than everyone else who has seen anything other than what you've seen. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I am also a wing head. I was five years old when it started airing and then it was rebroadcast on Toonami eventually. And I caught basically all of that. And I had to beg my dad to record it on VHS so that I could watch the unedited versions because I was an intense child. Um mm-hmm. And then I have, beyond that, seen the original trilogy, 0079, Zeta, Double Zeta. I haven't seen most of the movies, but I have seen, like, uh, 08th MS Team or 8th MS Team, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, I've seen G Gundam and a few other things. I've seen Unicorn, like, six times. It's probably my other favorite uh, because I like to look at it and not think about it, much like Wing. And Hmm, then... um, (laughs) <laughs> a couple others, like I've seen bits and pieces of Iron Blooded Orphans, and then I also have seen all of uh, Gundam Double O, including the wonderful, wonderful movie A Awakening of a Trailblazer, which is just smacks of being a Gundam title. It, yeah, That's I, I, real I love Kingdom when it's Hearts like titling <laughs> too. Yeah. Honestly, the Venn diagram is almost a circle at this point. But yeah, yeah there's fair. there's a lot that I'm still like missing that I would definitely like to see at some point. I've seen bits and pieces of G-Reco and like uh, segments of like F-91, but there's so much Gundam <laughs> and I've seen I've seen a decent amount, but mm-hmm. you know, there's always more to see. Everything but, happens so much. Um... It does, and before <laughs> we move on, I, I do want to point out, me not having seen a lot of these, I am super interested in kind of hearing where Wing compares to the other and i guess older Mm -hmm. releases too um Mm -hmm. i think that'll be cool for me to pick up as we go uh as well yeah and and, and one of my favorite things about this show getting different co-hosts on generally the formula so far has been either none of us know what the show is that we're going into like that was me and morg with 0079 Mm -hmm. or we have a, a serious veteran that was uh colin when we did zeta uh right. and Argyle and audrey when we did z or g why did i say g g z <laughs> letters um and and for this uh i'm baby and and jared and julia are our old hat at this so i'm i'm just sort of like buckled in and y'all are like the adults in the room pretty much don't kind ever of, think i'm which an adult is a bit of a tragedy yeah <laughs> I mean, we're me being all the just oldest kind of, of making of it up as we go. <laughs> also that, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, like that too, because Julia, like you're so, you, you've, you know, you know so much about Wing. Uh, and Jared, you have like context from more Gundam than I've seen. But I, so far to me, like my main takeaway from these first three episodes, and we're about to get into it, is like it <laughs> almost feels like what Star Wars Episode 7 was in relation to Star Wars Episode 4. Or oh it my feels God. like it. Yeah. 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 It's it's very it's, much a thematic, hey, remember this? Yep. Yeah, it is very much picking out pieces of a thing you've seen before and pointing at them very excitedly. Mm-hmm. It's like the Taco Bell menu. All the ingredients are the same, but they put it together in a new permutation. <laughs> you gotta check it out. Yeah, absolutely. You I gotta need see that what naked those chicken chalupa gundam. You gotta see what those spicy chicken sandwich tacos are. Hey, those are pretty good. Actually, I had those the other day. <laughs> Uh, Taco Bell, <laughs> pay me for this. So, without further ado, uh, let's start talking about these episodes of this wonderful anime. Julia, I believe you. you have the first summary. 
Uh, I do. Uh, before I get into that summary, mm. uh, I do want to do a fun little thing. Uh, so for context, I'm watching these episodes uh, dubbed via the Blu-ray special release from a mm-hmm. couple years back. Uh, at the beginning of the disc before the main menu, I had a five minute long unskippable ad for Gundam Versus for the PS4. Oh, which oh, released <laughs> on September 29th, 2019. Uh, just, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. Uh, it's got boost dashes. It's got boost steps. It's got boost dives. It's a lot of boosts. What more could you want? What more could you want? <laughs> Uh, actually, I have the, the, the most recent Gundam game. Uh, <clears throat> let me clear my throat for this. Gundam EX versus Maxi Boost On, I think is the full title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Which is like the, the sort of continuation of Gundam versus, and it does have a lot of suits from Wing in it, which is always Yeah, fun. the thing with the suits in Wing is that they're good. Yeah, the suits in Wing rule, Max. I'm holding uh, up, an ast- I'm holding up a very large asterisk behind <laughs> both of your heads. Uh, we'll get to it. Don't worry about it. To, <laughs> we'll get to it. To kind of uh, follow the uh, train of what Julio was saying, I am also watching the English dub. I'm watching it on Hulu because I have a subscription mm. and I it's the easiest thing that I can go to, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, watching it on. I'm watching it subbed because if you listen to Podigree, you know how I feel about subs and dubs. Uh, and it's 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 Crunchyroll, baby. You can watch the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, as of like. Yesterday, I think uh, Funimation has Wing as well. I think it's actually yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, well, as of tomorrow. a couple of days ago when this episode goes live. So okay, right. that's how time works. Yes, thank but you. Yeah, yeah, yeah we <laughs> generally will record a week in advance. So if like something really sick happens in the gun world, we don't talk about it. Don't worry, we'll talk about it next week. Right, and, and I'm mostly watching the dub. I've rewatched Wing several times, and it's basically always the dub for me, just because of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's what was airing. That's what I saw. Um, mm-hmm. I get to enjoy these terrible, terrible voice acting performances there are, again. Yeah, there, are, there are ups and downs on both sides of it, and we'll get into it, I swear. Oh, baby, will we ever. Uh, so, Julia, what's that first episode? Okay. Episode one. The shooting star she saw. She shall, she shells by the seashore. Yes, I expected to fuck up, but I didn't. <laughs> Proud of you. Uh, the years after Colony 195, and a group of rebels in the space colonies have sent down five mobile suits known as the Gundams to fight back against the oppression from the United Earth Sphere Alliance. Uh, four of these made it to Earth without issue, with the fifth being intercepted and tracked by one Lieutenant Zex Marquis. Uh, the pilot of this Gundam, Hiro Yui, is discovered washed ashore by Relina Darlin, the daughter of the Alliance's Vice Foreign Minister. And throughout this episode, we meet the other four of our darling little angels of war crimes and child soldierhood, Duo Maxwell, Choa Barton, Catro Winner, don't ask questions yeah. about that one, and Chang Wu Fei, as they showcase how good they are at just really blowing things up. And our boy hero finds a way to get himself enrolled in Relina's fancy school as a cover operation. Hey, yeah. what if you named the protagonist of your story Hero? Yeah, it's something, huh? And then, and, 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 bouncing off that idea, what if fucking everyone else was just a number? Yep. Everyone's a number, it's so good. How do they get away with this? I don't know, that's Dragon Ball. Yeah, also that one. I mean, okay, but like, (laughs) I don't know, Carrot's a funny name, this boy's just named Four, and this is the third (laughs) character named Four we've had in Gundam. (laughs) They're really a big fan of it. So it's, it's a deep well good. of fours. 
It continues being very funny for the entire series. There's never a moment where it's where it's oh you're introduced to a new character and their name is something insane like Noventa. And, oh, okay, great. Their name is ninety in Spanish. Yeah. Incredible. Let let me tell you, my notes are absolutely fucked because not only a I can't spell hero with two e's like his name's actually spelled. B yeah. I fucking always just type Dio instead of Zex. And C, I cannot type Quattro. I'm sorry, Cotter. It's just it's just Quattro. It's Quattro Bajita, my good friend, and Char Asimov's good friend too. I'm losing my mind already. Here's here's the thing: is it spelled Quattro? Uh, but it's definitely like Katra, as in Shira. Like that's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's supposed to be like Katra, which is or or Kat, uh, which is I think four in French. Mm-hmm. So like they took a borderline Spanish spelling of the name, but they're doing a French pronunciation. It's it's fantastic good show already um so for, first of all very first note opening beats ass holy shit oh yeah just Without communication just communication top five easy gundam openings of all time it's just sick it's 90s it's like edgy but it's still like it's like a dance track it like i could hear this in DDR. Yeah, yeah and like this is one of the few ops that i probably will not skip the whole way through yes um because you can do a little groove for it every single the, time you hear it. The thing is, the visuals for it, and this is another theme of Gundam Wing, uh, if you're keeping score, but it's it's a lot of footage that we'll see uh, mm-hmm. throughout the series, and it's just recycled footage, essentially. So the actual like visuals of the opening are kind of like blasé, but the song just slaps so hard. Mm-hmm. Hero's doing that iconic pose with his hand he in front of his voguing. face. Yeah. It's like it's, almost a JoJo pose. Yeah, yes, it, it rules. absolutely. Like if if his legs were doing something, he would be he'd be doing pure JoJo right now. Um, <laughs> I'm also kind of wondering what it could possibly mean that all the Gundams in the opening are like standing in the ruins of a battlefield. That's fine. Do you yeah, think no, they meant fine. anything by this? Uh, I think they meant that the director of the series at this time, I believe, was previously working on a uh, a shonen borderline Sentai series called uh, Ronin Warriors. Uh, I think it has a different name in Japanese, but I, it's another show that I watched where there were five boys and they were all samurai and they had cool samurai armor. Do you get it? They did the V pose, the flying V formation. What could it's it sick possibly as hell. mean? It's sick as hell. Uh, I also really like that we we do see uh, the Wing Gundam get his ass completely fucking kicked in the opening. Yeah, you do see, see. Uh, I want to point out, you see the first glimpse of the Tall Geese, and it does shoot the Wing Gundam in the face so hard it breaks off a piece of the gun- Wing Gundam's face. The, the, it seems like this is a common theme that the Wing Gundam just gets his ass just completely kicked every single episode. Do not get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, opening is really good. Like, what a way to start out. Gundam yeah. always has fantastic openings. Like, every single then, thing I've heard just gets you into it. And then we lead in with this uh, intro that they'll rerun quite a few times. But we mm-hmm. get a glimpse of a few things. We get a glimpse of the colonies. And we get a glimpse of ground-type and space-type Leos. As the narrator tells us, the year is after Colony 195. And This is that. the very first callback to Gundam 0079. Because mm-hmm. Gundam 0079, what does that number mean? Oh, it's because it aired in the year it's 1979. After calling yep. it 195, what does that mean? Oh, it's because it aired in the year 1995. Do you get it? Yep. Basically, yeah. Wow, good job, team. We did it. We did it. We got numbers right. <laughs> this, I think the show... The, the show the is just numbers. It's just yeah. numbers. Yeah. It's the movie 23 or the show 24. 
<laughs> Jack like Bauer will get in Patrick, the Gundam. If you're SpongeBob and Patrick, 25. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the, uh, uh, first of all, narrator's Dio, Takeo Koyasu, who's the same voice as X. We'll talk about that full later. Um, <clears throat> but I, I like that the space colonies are, are sort of... It's, they're just it's, halo wings? Yeah, they're their own flavor. Like... Because in in UC Gundam, they're O'Neill cylinders, which is like an yeah. actual genuine sci-fi idea that would work theoretically of like two opposite rotating cylinders. But in this, they're like rings, they're like tubes, they're like a, like inner tubes, kind of right. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, it. it's cool. I, I like that they like feel unique. They yeah, they remind me a lot. See. They remind mm-hmm. me a lot of like the unique uh, space stations that we see in the Star Wars prequel trilogy, episodes yeah. one, two, and three. Um, especially like the separatist main fleet where they've got that big sphere that's surrounded by a ring. It, it mm-hmm. gives me a lot of those vibes. Um, we, we get our first glimpse of mobile suits here. Uh, mm-hmm. The Leos. We get and, uh, ground type and space type differentiated exclusively by their colors and what's on their back. Uh, mm-hmm. The space types have these high mobility packs that are just pressurized canisters of air so they can control themselves in 360 degrees, yeah. which is sick. And I love that design. They're also this deep, deep purple in the show. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Ground type are like, hey, they're like Zaku green. You, I'm going darker. It's like a much more drab green. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get God. it? <laughs> uh, we also see, I didn't get the name of these guys. We haven't seen them like, in the episode yet, but we see these very cool like sort of floating tanks. I don't know if it's another, like, Zodiac-named suit or what they are. We'll certainly see them later on as we get through the series, but I really like these guys. Interesting. I don't remember anything like that, unfortunately. Next time you watch, pay attention. Like, they're these really chunky. They look like they, like, kind of hover tanks. Um, Okay. They might uh, just be tanks. Yeah. They're not the... No, because they're, like, this, like, brown color. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on No, because they had, like, a sort of... I, I don't think they had the Leo kind of, like, face hole. Uh, right. I shouldn't call it that. Yeah, but probably not. not they, had, they had a sort of like visor head type thing. Right. But it was not the Aries. So we'll, we'll you know, we'll see those guys. Um, the year is 195 AC. Again, an entirely new timeline. This is not Universal Century. This is after Colony. So presumably it's been 195 years since the first Colony was built, turned on, humans moved to space, something around that time. Yeah. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, the Earth is bad again. <laughs> The Oopsie. Earth is kind of doing it to them. <laughs> ah, beans. Ah, jeez. The Earth united, but united against space. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we get this, like, very immediate introduction to the United Earth Sphere Alliance, which is a title of an organization for sure. And they're basically just the government on Earth, and we are immediately told they are stepping into space to enforce military control so that the colonies don't even try for independence. Like they, oh, they watched damn, original, I love Gundam. <laughs> yeah, they watched original Gundam. They saw what Zeon did, and they said, we're not letting that happen. Day one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, technically, it's day well, however it's many like, in a yeah. year times 195, but mm-hmm. you're close. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll do the math later. <laughs> Uh, day 71,175 for anyone who cares like I do. Sorry. Boom. Done. Correct. I, I've, been, I've been gotemmed. <laughs> uh, and, and we learn that five mysterious capsules were sent to Earth as something called Operation Meteor. Um, so Take a shot. It, it's, it is interesting to me. It, this feels like a Zeta angle where it's like, yeah, we're kind of like the plucky resistance here. Again, Star Wars. It's sci-fi. We love it. Um Certainly, we can probably, uh, based on what we see in the opening, I wonder what these five capsules contain. 
Yeah, and I do um I do want to point out that I did pay attention to the capsules, not so much the tanks, but uh, a couple of the capsules are completely different designs launched from completely different colonies, uh, which is something that is kind of like background information, but it's very heavily implied that Operation Meteor was um, a separate effort by five different colonies that they didn't know the other colonies were doing. That's like down the line, so I apologize for getting ahead of myself, but it's it's a weird thing to keep in mind because we do mm-hmm. find out in these three episodes that like these Gundam pilots don't know there are other Gundam pilots. Yeah, yeah. which is, I really like that. It, That's it a hot a take. It gives a cool, interesting <laughs> angle of like not really knowing that they're supposed to be working with these other boys rather than trying to immediately murder each other. It, exactly. Right. You know, it, it feels a very smart idea because I feel like that's the kind of a storytelling trap in a lot of things where you kind of have to have characters exposit to each other as if they didn't know each other and didn't know like what each other's deals are. So actually yeah. having all of the main characters literally not know about the other's existence until the series starts is actually a really cool idea because that like gives the writers this very, very nice footstool of like, hey, time to expose about these characters in a way that's natural because none of the boys know each other yet. I don't know. It, it's like, it feels very smart to me. I like it. Um, so, so after that sort of intro, uh, we see this like Alliance uh, Space Center and they pick up the, the five objects moving to Earth and we get introduced to, hey, it's, it's, this is Char. <laughs> Zex Marquis. Oh, that's Char, baby. We get the man, the myth, the legend, beautiful Zex Marquis uh, and his sweet, sultry English voice. It is this very like, quiet wispy but also like a little gravelly voice it's extremely good to listen to he like it sounds like someone doing a char impression sort of (laughs) especially in comparison to some of the other dub voiceovers um it's a very good voice yeah i I, and i've mentioned it in the sub it's takahito koyasu this the man's fucking dio yeah it rules if, if and, you know Jochus, you know the voice. Right. So they, they pick up a signal uh, of something approaching Earth, and they is there, there's a little bit of exposition that they, like, know about Operation M, because even in the introduction, I don't know if it was this in the uh, sub, but in the dub, the narrator straight up tells us that, like, the United Earth Sphere Alliance has heard word of, like, some operation... Um, and so when these, uh, capsules are launched and one of them is found entering the atmosphere, like unexpectedly, the soldiers that are with Zex are like, oh, maybe it's debris. And he's like, no, it's operation M like, mm-hmm. okay. The the bad guys already know the plan like day one. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're keyed in a little too quickly about it in my mind, mm-hmm. but it, it works out. It works out. We, we um, so it seems we we get this later on i kind of figured this out but Mm. zex is like i guess a branch of the alliance known as oz yes yeah which is like what operation zodiac something uh, it stands for organization of the zodiac okay yep because you'll pick on this they like naming their mobile suits after the zodiac it seems yeah, they're they're obvious about it. It's not that like Oz isn't like a secret organization. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like a known thing. 
But I do want to point out one of the soldiers that's uh, working with Zex, the one that's mainly reporting into him, is actually voiced by a familiar voice that we'll actually get to again later. Uh, that is the English voice of Brad Swale, who voiced Amuro Ray in Gundam 0079 oh and plenty of other things. So there's this, this side <laughs> soldier, this like secondary character reporting to Zex, who's voiced by Amuro's voice actor. It's really good. It's like, a, you know, it's like passing the torch. It's yeah. meaningful, I guess. Kind of. Um, kind of. So, so we, we, we kind of see, uh, I, I, I think the next shot, like, so, so they, they kind of decide, they're like, okay, we can only catch one of these things. Well, let's catch mm-hmm. the one that's heading to Eastern Eurasia. Uh, and they go after it. And then we see this, this capsule. It's like a, it, it looks like a, some sort of fighter jet at this point. Like, yep. yeah. The, the capsule is like kind of broken off and it's like a fighter jet. And it, it's flying near the civilian shuttle, and we get just one of the nicest noises I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Like, y'all have heard the new type flash. The, the I, I can't do it. That noise. The noise you just heard listening to the podcast. <laughs> that right. just piped in. <laughs> um, but this noise is, like, different. This noise is like the... And again, you'll have just heard it, but I'm still going to keep yeah. in me saying it because it's fun. The uh, alarm sound I like is it. so satisfying. It, it's like, this is like... I mean, I would never set this as like a ringtone or text tone because it's annoying as fuck, but it's yeah. just cool to hear like, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> right. Get a little taste of it. <clears throat> yeah. So we see, I think we see from the perspective inside this, uh, uh, this like civilian ship that's like skating by, there's this flash of light and uh, we get a closer look at the capsule that was launched from the colonies and like max said it looks kind of like a fighter pilot with some extra bulk on it that's supposed to be i think like atmospheric re-entry armor that's supposed mm-hmm. to like basically burn yeah. up and yeah. protect what's inside and then we're introduced to two characters uh relina and uh her father whose name i don't remember but the the door don't actually get it yeah he's I, just I, the vice foreign minister yeah i just call him darlian and just relina because yeah you know we'll call him Mr. Relina's dad. Mr. Um, Darling. <laughs> Mr. Darling. Yeah, he he's the vice foreign minister, so he's some sort of political bigwig uh, in the Alliance. They're returning to Earth from space. Uh, Relina's mm-hmm. kind of in a grumpy mood because she didn't really get to do anything. She didn't really get to spend time with her dad because presumably he's a very, very busy man. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a politician who's... I think his efforts are like to establish peace between Earth and the colonies, which is a very tenuous thing right now. Sure, I wonder how um, that's going to work out. Yeah, yeah, uh, not so great, I assume. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then Relina looks out the window and sees this uh, craft and is just like extremely shocked by it. And that that happens to be what sparks the title of the episode, "The Shooting Star She Saw." Because the Gundams are sent to Earth disguised as shooting stars mm-hmm. or meteors, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, there's a very, very silly moment where, um, like, I'll call him Gundam Boy. Hero Yui, we know him. Um, mm-hmm. He, like, locks onto the civilian shuttle. Uh, and, like, we cut over to Zex saying, he wouldn't shoot on that civilian shuttle, would he? Yeah. I've seen this episode so many times, and I still was like, oh, he about to blow that thing up. Oh, he's going to do firing. a war crime. <laughs> oh, beans. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He specifically calls it Zex a, a battle seed ready to sprout new conflicts, yeah. which is v- extremely true. It, it appears. Um, yeah, it's the same line in English too. That's good. 
It's and so and good. hey, we wouldn't get we wouldn't get Gundam Seed for another six years. Ha 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 ha. Right. And then as Relina sees this thing and as Hero's targeting this civilian ship, uh, Mr. Dorlin looks out the window for a brief moment, and I think he mutters something about Operation Meteor, just like mm-hmm. right in front of Relina. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> he's got some level of familiarity uh-huh. with it at this point is involved so right. the entire alliance knows that the colonies yeah. are making mobile suits yeah. it's like it is not a secret and then i believe we get the sequence where the like exterior armor detaches and we see the wing gundam in bird mode and this is one of the biggest lies of gundam wing is convincing anyone that this thing looks at all remotely like a bird it, especially at this point <laughs> it's cut is because it has wings do you get it yeah that's that's literally it <laughs> Like, we've seen transformations in Gundam before, and Mm -hmm. mainly Zeta Gundam, because they just went, they went fucking ham with transformable mobile suits. And those were, I loved those because they weren't, they didn't try to look like anything else when they transformed. The Ashmar looked like an inner tube or a pumpkin, if you will. Um, Right. But most of the time, they were just, like, vaguely triangular, like, aerodynamic shapes. So mm-hmm. the fact that they really try and make this look like a bird, it 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 looks like a like mangled. It looks like a pretzel. It don't look that cool. It, it doesn't yeah. really in, inspire fear on the battlefield to see like a Gundam trying to be a bird. Yeah, it's like a paper airplane that was folded up real quickly. Like it's it's, it's, not, like, it's not a bird. It's like a beginner origami fold that's like this is supposed to be a, a battleship, and it's like two triangles, sure? and it's like I guess if I squint yeah. really hard at it. Yeah. I guess it's a bird. And then I think what happens is while Hero's targeting the civilian shuttle, he gets like cut off by Zex's craft. So his <laughs> line of fire gets interrupted or something. Or he realizes he's being chased down, and that's when they like start to actually enter the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And um Hero just absolutely blasts into the atmosphere. And Zex says something along the lines of like, Oh, there's no way anyone could survive that. <laughs> He's, the he says many looking into the times camera where yeah. they're basically certain that these good boys are going to be dead and they're never dead. Yeah. It is it is Hero's first attempt to die by his own hands. God won't let me many. die. It, it's like it, it it's just very funny that you know the, the alliance knows about Operation Meteor. They don't know about plot armor though. Mhm. Absolutely. Um, Admittedly, this is a thing that Gundam deals with, too, where it's like, yeah, it gets to the point, like, the first couple Gundam series made a very concerted effort to kind of explain, yeah, they, they can enter the atmosphere because of a, a weird con the Gundam puts on, or, like, big balloots, <laughs> right. or... That was that was in the first Gundam! The very right. first Gundam, they went crazy with it! But, you know, eventually it was just like, yeah, if you get, like, the right shape and the right material, you can just fly to Earth, um, basically. And, and that's what it does, and they finally decide after they fire on uh the gundam a couple times they're like okay let's send the mobile suits so we get to see uh, first zex uh wants to go out in a leo and yes and instead his of an aries like, instead of an aries because have... the aries are specifically for air use yeah yes. exactly and and they're like oh uh we'll like put you in one of the newer aries models and he's like no my leo will be perfectly enough there's also he's... i don't remember exactly where it You're, happens but there is a line down to... that's yeah that's fucking good there's there's a sick line where they fire on him, and in English, Zex just goes, "No machine gun for him." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like bullets are bouncing off this thing already. Uh, wow. So so Zex heads out in the Leo and and shoots on him a couple times, and you know mm-hmm. he, he's able to dodge a couple hits, but then if he does get clipped. 
Uh, and he gets damaged, and Zek's like, huh? Like, all right, just let him go, I guess. Um, right. And then one of the soldiers asks him, any chance he'll blow himself up? <laughs> and, and judging by the fucking music the show starts to play, I think the answer is no. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Don't think so. So th- this music track, um, the show is composed by Ko Otani, who is the composer of Shadow of the Colossus. And some of the bombastic tracks in that game are about on par with this. Uh, yeah. Because you just hear guitar going ape shit as a song that's called The Boy Who Killed Adolescent starts playing. Yes. It's so good. And <laughs> that ain't no bird. Yeah, we, we get see the, the Gungus. It's, it's not one of the best transformation sequences, but it is, in fact, a transformation sequence. It goes from bird mode to full-on Gundam mode, and this thing is falling back to the ground towards the Earth, looking up at this, like, pursuing mobile suit. And Zex is just coming in hot. We get this extremely good action. Zex fires on him a couple times, and then he pulls out a beam saber and just goes in for it. So I will say before Zex uh, tries to take a sword to this young man, um, Hero does one shot two Ares oh, with a single yeah. bullet, and that is the coolest shit. And we we get the uh, the old meme of Hero laughing maniacally after he annihilates two people. Yes. Like this is this is this feels like a much less obvious callback to the original Gundam series, but in the original Gundam series. The beam rifle that the Gundam used was, like, straight up a battleship cannon that's handheld. Right, yeah. And I think the wing Gundams might be a bit more powerful than this. Yeah, hey, get this. It's called the Buster Rifle. They saw it do what, be bustin'. They saw what they named uh, Cloud's sword in Final Fantasy VII, and they said, what if gun? They said, fuck yes, in 90s, let's do it, baby. <laughs> what if for us this time? Yeah. The, it, this It doesn't fire a beam, it, it like a fire is a pillar. Like yeah, hero hero used hyper beam, and it's a normal type move, but it is super effective. Mm-hmm. And then and then I think we get what I mentioned earlier, where Zex yeah. pulls out a beam saber and goes mm. in and tries to strike at uh, Hero in the Gundam, and then he ends up grappling onto him and just like opens his cockpit and jumps out with uh, like, Fuck the shit out. out. <laughs> yeah. It's it's an incredible strategy. He he's like, oh, this suit is not a match for this thing. I'm mm. going to pin him and force him to fall full speed into the ocean. That it's crash is hell. Yeah, that crash is gonna survive or that crash might kill him, but I'm gonna survive, and that's the important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by and, by and pinning its battle- arms to its side like that, it can't fire, it can't get a beam saber or anything. So it's just stuck in free fall. It's can't so smart. Mode. Yeah, I mean, like, we definitely get the feeling that Zex is this, like, veteran combat genius. Mm-hmm. He's He absolutely shows that, like, from the get-go, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, even just, like, picking the Leo instead of the Ares, because it's something he's more comfortable with, despite mm-hmm. fighting in a, probably a much worse position. But Yeah. Yeah. It's like when your friend plays Smashers with you and picks Pichu. You're like, oh fuck. God, <laughs> this is my end. Uh, and, and like we, we, they get they do some analysis on it. Uh, they find out, and th- this I gotta say, folks, I kind of rolled my eyes at this one. We know why it's a Gundam. It's because it's made of Gundanium. It's made of Gundanium. Gundanium yeah. alloy. You know the one that the Gundams are made out of. It can only you know. be manufactured in space, which is crucial information. Mm. That that so we heavily, yeah, it heavily implies that the colonies built it and it wasn't built on Earth, which is very bad for the colonies. Yeah, yeah, that one's a, a bit of a tell. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. And then you, we you get... revealed the whole dang thing. All beans. We get the Leo crashing into the water with the wing Gundam, and we get these god-awful underwater sounds. The folks who work in the gloves? show yeah. is sometimes very good and sometimes very, very bad. Exactly. <laughs> It seems like the best the best audio is the most annoying beep in the world, but it also is sick as hell and everything else is like, ugh. But I actually noticed, um, it seems like Gundam's almost building like a sound library because Yes. Like especially I, I noticed it a lot in the second episode, but like the the noises the actual mobile suits make when they're like moving around, mm-hmm. like you hear that in G, which makes perfect yep. sense, right? This is the year before they're like, hey, we made all these noises for the robots, might as well reuse them because like different universe, they're right. still 18 meter tall nuclear power death machines they're gonna there's sound also, similar i think there's also a lot of really good uh beeps and boops like there's a, a point i think where hero's in his cockpit like when all of this is happening and he like flips up a switch and presses down a button and it's this really satisfying like click that's also like it, it's not just mechanical it's also like a little beep at the same time mm-hmm. it's really satisfying he, he he put them mx cherry caps in his gundam <laughs> right uh after he sinks into the ocean um uh darlene's shuttle lands uh, mm-hmm. and like as he's kind of like leaving the airport he's being accosted by press asking about the war situation with the colonies like you know hey what's going on like are we gonna get peace blah 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 um he's kind of you know ignoring them uh and the military roll up and they want to pick him up uh he's like no i i want to spend time with my daughter and they're like no it's okay like or, i'm sorry he says he wants to spend time with his daughter and he's like it's almost her birthday and um mm-hmm. they're like no it's okay like you gotta go. We got different cars for you. And then uh, Relina herself is like, it's okay, father. I understand. I'm mature. <laughs> I'm all very, grown up now. Very yeah. next scene. She's so fucking broody and pouty about this. Oh, I know. She's being she's being so mature about it all. Which, like, I like good. Relina. I get it. She's in, She is a kid. So, like, mm-hmm. that's exactly what a kid would do is they'd put on a brave face in front of their parents more often than not. And then be like, no, it's fine. You go. And then they'd pout about it on their own time. I think the specific quote is something along the lines of a normal girl would be so upset by this as she's, like, pouting and whining as she's she walks down the like beach. She's not like other girls. <laughs> I'm not owned, I say, as I shrinks into a corn cob. Uh, and then we... <laughs> Uh, Vice Minister Dorian gets driven away and Relina just kind of walks off on her own and she's like along the sunset highway there's this beach uh, like with this fencing around it and she's you know moping to herself she looks down on the beach and she just sees a body on the ground a dead body oh fuck Peter wake up you fucked up big time (laughs) Relina So uh, it is it is in fact Hero on the ground. Relina runs mm-hmm. down and like tries to wake him up. And as he comes to, she's like, It's okay, you're not injured. An ambulance is on the way. And Hero, who's on a secret mission, is like, fuck, 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 fuck. Stands up, opens a little patch in his jacket, presses a button, and tries to blow up a bomb that's placed directly over his heart. That yeah, doesn't kill him. suicide attempt dose for yeah. those keeping yeah. track. This boy, oh my god. <laughs> that gotta... doesn't kill him. The ambulance pulls up. He kicks all of the EMS workers' asses and steals the ambulance, drives away. And how does, how does Relina respond to all of this? She introduces herself to fucking no one. <laughs> like a normal person. I love Relina. Like, this is such a good introduction to her character. It's the most insane shit of all time. And that's not even the craziest thing that happens in this episode yet. She's like, it's just, 
I it's just so something so endearing about her character that like she tries so hard to like be normal and level-headed like Mm -hmm. when surrounded by the most insane circumstances in the world yeah exactly (laughs) she's from a Um, different planet man i know i Uh, mean her eyes kind of also tell you that Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she, she has a. I, I like her character design. I like her cool, yeah. like braided hair. I like her thick eyebrows. Like she's like very, uh, very much like differently styled. Like especially for the mid nineties, you know, she does yeah. not look like fair. a mid nineties like female lead. Mm-hmm. I um, did enjoy the symbol, uh, the symbolism of Hero driving off into the sunset. That was cool. It's pretty good. <laughs> the, Shut the up. ambulance is important <laughs> later too, which is also yeah, hilarious. This is, yeah, that does come back. <laughs> Chekhov's ambulance. Um. As as that scene happens on the beach, we did get a cutaway to um, mm-hmm. uh, Zex radios a fancy lad. We'll learn later. His name is uh, Trays. Is it Tries or Trays? It's, it's Trays. Trays. Okay. Yep. Uh, his name is Thirteen. Um, oh God! And, and he's just talking about the, the what happened. Like this this, this Gundam. Oh, we know it's a Gundam. Uh, I've got to stop you before you go any further. We have to mention his last name, which is Kush Renata. He's d- dank Kush Renata. <laughs> it is Trey's dank ass Kush Renata. That's I Colonel Trey's to you. Just uh, Cur- sure you yes, put of course. some respect there. <laughs> and he's he's the fanciest lot I ever did see. He's got this, these like very slick eyebrows that are split two ways at the ends. He's wearing this like beautiful blue gilded coat. He, he, he looks normal. He looks fresh as hell. He really does. Um, and he's like meeting with uh, some alliance uh, top brass kind of. And they're, they're chewing him out for wasting three mobile suits on a mission like this. To yeah. Squash a small rebellion. Um, and he kind of like turns to the general asking him this. And he's like, what is it? What's the bigger loss? Like potential loss of life or just military hardware? And they just and get, they get really very mad, mad when he says that. Oh, yeah. Hmm, what could it mean? Uh, They're like, you broke does... our toys. How dare you? And he's like, oh, we... oh the toys is what you're worried about. <laughs> Trays are cool robots. Come hmm. on. <laughs> Makes you think. Uh, he does think to himself. He's like, oh, the f-. he basically thinks along the lines of the future isn't with the Alliance. It's with Oz. Mm-hmm. So we already get like some a hint of factional politics moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. And it's... I think at some Sorry, point someone says the phrase Gundams are on Earth, which is... The title of the drum and bass track for Gundam Wing, specifically on Toonami. Those Gundams sure do be on Earth. Yeah, it's definitely the first indication that Zex and um, Trey's are are kind of keeping the Alliance at arm's length. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like a relationship of convenience sake more than anything else at this point. Right. And And we do learn a really cool thing about, like, Oz and the Alliance in the third episode. Um yeah, they do a really good job, like setting up all of this in a different way than you see, which I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, and I'm, while um, Trey's is reporting to like his higher ups or the board or whatever that he's working with, we also get introduced to uh, General Septum, who has one of the best English voices in the entire show. Uh, I best is an interesting and strong descriptor. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> listen, Max. I need you to at some point go out of your way to hear it on your own. You but to. imagine if uh, Brooks and Eddie Sex Pistols voice was like a little less high pitch and way more nasally. That's what oh, General Septum God. sounds like for us. It's he's, he's just constantly screaming like, you killed our, our Gundam pilots. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so bad. Awesome. <laughs> he's got one of the General. most grating voices of all time. 
Also, his name is Septum, which Sept is uh, what Greek for or not Greek, uh, uh, Latin for seven. So there you go. He's another number. The numbers add up. Uh, God. Uh, after, so, so after that scene, after Rillian introduces herself to no one in particular, we get a montage of a bunch of normal teenagers. Yes. Just some normal boys doing some normal death and destruction. We get introduced to each member of what I will affectionately recall or call the Gundam team. Uh, starting off with number two himself, Duo Maxwell. It's, oh, my, my son is here. That's your boy. He's he's kind of piloting the Grim Reaper. He is kind of yeah. piloting the Grim Reaper, and he calls himself the God of Death, and he's very cool and very epic, and I love him very much. I think he's nice. I don't remember if it's this episode. Incredible Gundam. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it's this episode or the next episode, but Duo does say, anyone who sees me has a date with the God of Death. And it's, it's that's so, what he says here. I think. It's okay, so yeah. Good. It's such a good introduction to his character, and then we move on to number three, Troa. Uh, he introduces himself after like slaughtering a bunch of Leos. He's like, "The name's Troa Barton, for the record. Not that it matters." He's so aloof, and his hair is so long, and I don't know how he gets it to stick how out the like fuck that. Fuck, does his hair do that? It's, I would say space, kind of like Jared Mesa from Zeta, but they're on Earth now. Yeah, they don't have that anymore. He and, has, like, uh, foot-long bangs. He is he is piloting uh, Gundam 03, which is the heavy arms, both because it is uh, basically a one-man assault unit, but also because it's got one big Gatling gun that makes its arm heavy. <laughs> oh, I love Mega Man. <laughs> There's, a, uh, like, a few bullets in there. Just, like, a couple. There's a couple. Just, just a couple. Uh, who wants to introduce our next boy? You take it, Jules? Sure. Yeah, uh, we next meet up with uh, Katra um, and his Gundam Sandrock, uh, which is really one cool. Of, yeah, one of the, the better designed Gundams on the team. And this is where I do have to obligatory point out that Brad Swale is the voice of Katra. Uh, Amara Ray is piloting a Gundam once again. Oh, get, the, get this back. fucking guy out of here, please, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening again. And also, Catcher so has a bunch of friends already. He has, yeah. like, a small army that's just, like, his. Yeah, and they, like, they have their own mobile suits that don't look anything like the Leos or anything else we've seen so far. They mostly remind me of the Galbaldis from Zeta. Mm-hmm. They have this, like, sort of, like, domed head, and they have, like... Like they they're like desert armor. Like they're like this yep. like brown and reddish. Mm-hmm. Like you can definitely tell they're like you know it, it just I don't know, it's cool that like how come this little boy I mean he's the fanciest lad of, of the Gundam team oh, but like by it's far. just cool it's just cool that he gets his own little retinue of, of of friends yeah and I don't I don't remember if we get his full name but his full name is Katra Rebaba Winner which okay we've got a protagonist named Hero and we've got a protag with the last name Winner so we're we're. We're kicking ass right now in terms of the name department. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, we cut to a boat that's being destroyed by just a Gundam that has a dragon for an arm. I thought we already watched G Gundam. I know. They they took the Shenlong inspiration directly from Dragon Mm -hmm. Gundam and then just recolored it with main Gundam colors. If it works, it works, right? 
Mm-hmm. And that arm is very good, and it does do good work. It, it's good. It can breathe fire. Uh, yeah, this 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 is Gundam uh, Shenlong Gundam, piloted by Chong Wu Fei. Wouldn't you believe it? Wu in Chinese means five. Yep, there it is. I will never know peace. Uh, and these are our five wonderful uh, and then normal we sons. Get the yeah, and then we move on to the last scene of the episode, which is Hiro Yui being introduced at this very fancy, posh-looking boarding school. And there's it's a Catholic person school, in the probably. crowd. There's a person in the crowd that recognizes him. That would be Rulina. He introduces himself to the whole class as Hiro Yui, which no one seems to recognize that name at all, which will bother me personally forever for reasons you'll find out later. But they just start class, and then after that... All of Relina's friends are like, Relina, your birthday party's coming up. Who are you inviting? As she's like walking out onto this beautiful terrace next to the ocean. And she sees Hero just standing pontificating over the ocean. And everyone's like, you should invite him. You should invite him. And she goes up and hands him the invitation. And this leads to top 10 anime betrayals of all time. <laughs> Hero, Hero takes this invitation and just shreds it up in front of her in the most dramatic way possible and lets it fly to the wind. And Max, yeah, Hero what didn't want to do? just say no. Yeah. He just yeah. wanted he wanted to make a fucking point. Mm-hmm. How dare you and, how dare you make me do a social situation? <laughs> I just met you. And then and I, she she's Go ahead. She she starts to cry. And and then he he sort of tenderly walks up and wipes her tears, and she's acting all surprised by this. And then he walks by her. Say the line, Jules. I'll kill you. Fucking normal boy. <laughs> That's my son. I love That's him. That's my fucking son. Imagine having a single normal thought at all. Oh my god! Just and he, the the single tear wiping away, and just I'll kill you. Okay, buddy. Oh my god. Is everything good up there? I don't think so. He no, says no, it in no, front no. of so got... many people. Yeah. And like, the last thing we hear in the episode is Rulina saying, what kind of boy is he? And girl, I'm asking the same question. It's a yeah. fair question. This oh is just god. like an absolutely fucking insane first episode of a TV show I've ever seen. Yeah, this, so is, this is the episode of all time. <laughs> like, this is this is the episode of anime of all time forever. It, it, like, it's just, everything happens so much. But it, you know what? Does a good job really just getting you into it, huh? It mm-hmm. gives us all our boys. It kind of sets the the playing field of what we're, we've got going in for us. It, it dumps it, a it lot of job. information and setting, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and the sort of ending... Uh, the, ED graphics on this is like really weird. It's just Rulina's fun yeah. safari adventure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, my spouse pointed this out. There's more Rulina characterization in this than like anything in yeah. the show so far. Just about. She yeah. seems like an actual person in that. It's it, first of all, the song also bops. Like it's, it it's another '90s D, almost DDR-ass banger. But like we just see Rulina hanging out like in the jungle in the savanna with like different animals, like interacting with them in like kind of goofy ways. It's like, oh yeah, she is a teen girl, isn't she? Um, yeah. It, in I honestly really like it because it feels like this cool moment that like it's not in the show, but it still feels like a good way to kind of express her character. You know? Absolutely. I like Rulina. I think she's nice. She's just nice. Uh, and that's episode one. <laughs> Only almost an hour into the podcast. Yeah, hey, that's sorry. <laughs> the, the, the first episode always goes long, in my experience. We'll be fucking on the ball next week. But until then, Jared, episode two. Episode two. The Gundam Death Scythe.
Hiro needs to find a way to destroy his mobile suit that has been lost to the ocean before Oz gets their grubby little fucking hands on it. He seeks out explosives that would be powerful enough to initiate the Wing Gundam's self-detonation device. Don't ask me how an exterior impact should trigger an interior device, it's fine. Meanwhile, Zex and the specials from Oz negotiate their way into joining the search for the sunken Gundam, and things get ugly in the ocean. We get some characterization for the other Gundam pilots in these little uh, snippets here and there. And last of all, Relina celebrates her birthday. That is, she would have, but she storms out to catch up with Hiro, who has infiltrated a military base and aims to blow up his Gundam, but a mysterious person intervenes. Oh my god. I mean, hey, this episode, episode duo. This is episode two. Makes sense. It tracks. This is, this is episode duo, and we get some good focus on my son and boy, Duo Maxwell. It's... A lot less than you would think for an episode titled after his Gundam. Um, mm-hmm. And it certainly doesn't end the way that you would expect it to. <laughs> oh, no. No, uh, But it's a, um, it's a really solid follow-up, both action and plot progression-wise, to the first episode. Because a lot happens really fast, but it's all still kind of digestible. Which is cool. Yeah. I, I've I really noticed like that the show really throws a lot at you, but like y- yeah. by the end of the episode, like it kind of gives you the tools to kind of like work it into like something you can fit in your brain, which is like, I right. mean, it's yeah. not like the most sort of like friendly viewing experience, but I like mm-hmm. that they're like, they clearly put a very concerted effort into making setting up the world but it almost feels like they're doing it in such a rushed way because like they're worried about like we're go- we're a gunman series we're gonna get canceled at some point we might as we well need try all of as much this as we in can. here before yeah. we do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean so far like i've been able to pretty much get it mm-hmm. so it's it's working so far right yeah uh, so we episode kick begins. this episode off with a fencing scene which Hmm, I wonder where we've seen fencing before in Gundam. It's just, God, yeah. (laughs) And And and, and Hero (laughs) fighting some blonde boy. (laughs) Yes, but I, please, I need someone to detail what happens here because it is the most, it's like four minutes into the, not even four minutes into the episode. I got this one. (laughs) Yeah, take it. So uh, our, our fun blonde friend here. Uh, decides that he needs to defend Relina's honor um, because, as we saw at the end of episode one, Hiro ripped up the birthday party invitation. Uh, so they've decided that their duel at this point is basically going to be via fencing because we're in this fancy boarding school. Yeah. Uh, they throw their fun little uh, don't get stabbed masks on uh, and draw. Uh, but because Hero is uh, our our lovely boy that he is, <laughs> manages to land his saber directly at the tip of the blonde boy's saber, charging through it, shattering it, and then stabbing the mask of the boy, cracking through it, which yeah. is just bonkers. It's so insanely intense for an opening moment. And I think the it's episode supposed like, to, just started. Yeah, I think it's supposed to like kind of echo like Shar and Amaro at the end of 0079, but there is no reason for that. And then he just breaks a sword in half. Like it, it, it shows that Hero is normal, and yeah. it shows that he's very, very he tactical genius. Like he's basically <laughs> a Mary Sue at this point. Like. 
there's nothing this boy right. can't do, including lose his life. <laughs> sure can't right. do that. <laughs> um, and then, and like, he, he's this very, like, mercurial, manipulative social guy as well, because, you know, the blonde boy, we never get this guy's name, I don't think. Um, no. I don't think so. He's Fred from Scooby-Doo. He, yeah, he fucking <laughs> he has a weirdly deep voice in the in the sub too. Like he looks like an adult, which is strange. Um, yeah. but but he like mentions about you know it's about winning Relinda's honor back from the birthday thing. He's like, you should just tell me sooner next time. I'll give you the invitation. Yeah, it's right. like all right, dude, clam down. And then it's they cold. go outside, and uh, Max, I'll let you handle this one. Uh, well, well, before <laughs> b- b- we we do get a little cut. Don't, we do get a cut out first before we do get Max a cut out. True, yes, time. true. Yes, yes. We're, we're Zach's in his cool submarine. Um, he he's hanging out. Uh, we we see like an alliance ship deploying underwater suits, continuing the search for the Wing Gundam and the mm-hmm. Leo that was you know dunked into the ocean. Uh, Zex radios the captain saying it's probably going to like reflect bad on you to spend all this time in suits looking for this thing that you're probably never going to find. Um, and he says, hey, my submarine needs repairs. If I dock with you, um, I'm not going to tell anyone else that your ship's having engine problems. It's kind of like you scratch my back, I scratch yours thing. Uh, Zex lieutenant's like, but we don't have engine problems. And Zex is like, yeah, I know, dude. It's because we can get use, use our cool suits to look for that suit, too, under the radar. Those suits right. being, wouldn't you know it, uh, since, like, a third of the Zodiac is, like, water creatures, mm-hmm. we have to make a lot of them amphibious mobile suits so we get we get the pisces and the cancer um these things fuck i like these things a lot yeah like (laughs) they i like that they have these mobile armor forms the pisces looking kind of like a submersible pod the cancer is just a crab it's just the cancer is a sick ass crab it's got (laughs) clampers what more do you want right Mm -hmm. And, and we see them in mobile suit form later. And, like, the Pisces transforms into clearly something derived from the Leo, but it has these cool, like, torpedo propeller arms. The Cancer's mm-hmm. mobile suit form, it just kind of, like, hunches forward, and it's still yeah. a crab. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't change, change much. Um, and, yes, and then we get um, a troubling scene, to say the least. We get um, sick horse stunts. So this is continuing my sort of thesis in Gundam that whenever we see someone on a horse, they are the villain. Uh, namely, in Char's <laughs> counterattack, we see Char riding a horse, and in Hathaway, we see Kenneth Slag riding a horse, and those are both villains. Uh, so we can only assume that Hiroyu is a villain because he is riding a horse in this scene. <laughs> Terrible. But his name Not is only that, but he jumps it mm. way higher than you should ever jump any horse. I think the only horse that should be allowed to go that high in a single jump is Funsaiki, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. The only good horse. Any other horse would come crashing down, and its tiny little legs would go out from under it. I just I I I'm obsessed with this school. Like, yeah, it's clearly some like upper crust, you know, like uh, political elite prep school. Yep, absolutely. Right, because we've seen horsemanship class and we've seen fencing class. Yeah, and everyone has fancy lad uniforms. What's the deal? <laughs> and it seems like he, nobody sees Hero do this. He just does it. Because we get a shot of Relina talking to a few people in the horse class, and they're just like, where's where's Hero? And then we get a shot of an open window, like three floors up, and a horse sitting underneath it, with Hero just clacking away at the most 90s computer of all time. He Hacker somehow man. has, like, he's got a server room in his dorm, and nobody knows that he's just 
set up for nonsense in there. He's Googling enough yeah. military tech to end up on a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah. How does he access this? So so not only do we get hacker voice hero Yui, I'm in, which he doesn't actually say, but he should have. He somehow he finds military data and then also clears all of his own school debt <laughs> just like as a secondary thing. So like, like, oh yeah, I should probably also do my room and board and my background like, check. Everything's cool now. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like, hey, hey, buddy, do that for everyone else in the school too. <laughs> You're already there. You might fraud. as well. <laughs> Child soldier and also tax fraud. <laughs> uh, he's just like Yoshi. Um, the, the, we we get a, the next scene. The girls, uh, Relina's friends, are like kind of seeing her off for the day in her pink Cadillac limo. Love this. <laughs> They're like, Relina, smile for us. It's your birthday. Don't be so gloomy. I have um, some words about Relina's friends. I think yeah. all of them have some pretty nasty parasocial relationships with her. Yeah. She really does seem like they're all there for the money and the like her being an important person. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it very much feels like, oh, her daughter is the vice foreign minister. Let's be friends. Let's yeah, make some yeah. social connections. And the show is your pretty smile thing actually oh my really God, yeah. felt wrong this time around. Yeah, like pretty it, bad. It's, it's you, you feel bad for Alina a little bit. She's doing mm-hmm. her best. She's doing her damnedest. Um, and and as she's driving off in the limo, she like kind of she gets the realization. Oh, he said he'd kill me because I know his secret. Duh. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, girl. Come on. <laughs> she said not up. the quickest she on the upkeep, all of but this she train is of thought out this. loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With her, her driver, limo driver's <laughs> like yes, God. Just thinking she's reading some suspense novel, and she's like, oh, yeah, of course. No, oh, you know me love my Agatha Christie. <laughs> it's so good. Um, oh, uh, next scene, my notion just says Heroes does something normal. Yeah, he just, uh, you know, is planning on hijacking explosives from military base. It's fine. So he's it's, in his he's in his outfit now. It's it's he's him. back in his cool shorts. Yes, and his sick green tank top. And it's I believe this is where it's him gripping onto the bottom of a truck yep. Yep. As, as it drives to this like supply depot and or whatever he, he fucking tucks and rolls and is completely fine that will be a recurring thing of this boy doing a thing he should not do and still this being does okay awful stuff to his body all the time i'm starting to think that Hero's the one who's made out of gundanium they're okay i can i elaborate on that because there is a reason that this boy can take such punishment but it's... Well, we, we learn later on like, yeah, when okay. he's getting examined in the third yeah, that's episode. That's true. Um, in the meantime, though, as he kind of goes into this um, marina it's armory. the like, marina, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, th- he's going to basically steal some torpedoes and blow up his suit so no one can, like, you know, mm-hmm. discover the secrets held within. Makes sense. Very, very funny, by the way, that, like, he's the main character and, like, and he, f- he fucks up. <laughs> In, like, the first 10 seconds of his mission, he's like, well, shit, episode two, better blow up my own Gundam. Yeah, <laughs> ah, Beans. It's, it's That's so fucking good. Ah, Beans, show's over. It's a, the um, wing is a story about fucking up and having to deal with the consequences. Yeah, God. I mean, if historically, my favorite Gundam characters are, like, the Fail Sons, so I'm sure I'll start to love all these boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you will. I will. I mean, I already, I'm already a big fan of, like, everyone, really. It's just... I from what little we see of like a lot of the other like main Gundam boys. I mean, mostly Duo, but like the other three are like I like it. They're yeah. very they're, they're mature for their age. Let's say goodness, <laughs> just like Relina, um, just like Relina. And then I think we move 
back underwater again, right? Yes. We've got Zex underwater with his little companion soldier guy, and they keep mm-hmm. sending more mobile suits out to find this thing, and some of them, they're they're not coming back. In fact, they're just disappearing. It's probably fine. Yeah, it's, there's nothing it's, it's wrong. It's probably normal. They eventually send out their Cancer and Pisces, like their two good, strong, mm-hmm. best new mm-hmm. ships. Um, but we get kind of a aside as those are being sent out of Duo and Death Scythe, really just taking it to the Alliance uh, suits that were already there trying to find the wing and the Leo that fell. I've never seen right. a farming tool do this before. This is where I, we see it, I think, a little bit in the first episode, but we do see the actual scythe in action here. And uh, one of the, uh, I think, Pisces pilots even notes, he's like, how is that thing using a thermal weapon underwater? Like, it has to yeah. be putting out mm-hmm. so much power. So I, yeah, well, no, okay, we, yeah, because we do know that the Leos are capable of using beam weaponry. It's not just a tall geese uh, thing. So it's like, it very much is like, I think they got some no, special beams. I believe they're firing physical, actual, like, bullets. I, I don't think well, no, Oz but, but, is, or, or the Alliance is using any beam weaponry. Oh, no, you're right. It was it was the wing gun that had the beam saber out in the first episode. Okay, so yeah, this well, is the, like... The Leo, no, I guess no, they the Leo, no, the Leo pulled out a, uh, a beam saber. Yeah, they, they have... Okay, 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 okay. To clarify, they have beam sabers, but I don't think they have capabilities of firing uh, like beam rifles specifically. I think gotcha. at okay. this point, gotcha. the weaponry is still physical, like yeah. actual bullets. They, they can't like have like a shaped beam like this. Like right. this is advanced Which tech. Is, which is, it, it kind of makes sense, because that's the case even for the heavy arms, as we see later. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's shooting traditional got... bullets still, too. Right. right. Um, Interesting, so we, yeah. We get some action here as the uh, one of the Alliance ships fires torpedoes into the water with no regard for Zex or any mm-hmm. of the soldiers that are down there. It just starts trying to blow stuff up. Um, and Death Scythe kind of pops off kills a couple people, and then surfaces, slices through the bridge of this ship, and then also, um, oh, what was it? I just lost it. He, like, he, launches oh, yeah, his, like, wrist explosion on a fleeing helicopter. Right, and, like, that's what it is. Knocks it out of the sky. Mm-hmm. I think this is called the shield bit. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's like an unmanned weapon. I don't think it's a, it's not a wire either. It, like, fires off. And, like, it's a little shield on the Death Side's left arm that, like, these two, like, fang hook things, like, pop out of it. And, like, a mini beam pops out the front and just, like, fires off. Right. So, Death Side has a pretty sick kit already. It's got a very sick kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duo does say, you'll all die. Yeah. When he's, like, blowing everything up. Normal, normal teenage yeah. boy. Never and forget. We get a pretty good look at the Death Scythe itself here, which is, um, it's got these, like, crazy knee pads that I really, like, hate but also love because they're meant for the legs to bend a little further forward than, like, they normally would because they, like, provide protection for that. It also has um, this black and gold coloring with the green eyes, the green Death Scythe, and um, the... Shield bit on it has, like, that typical Gundam design of, like, the the flat red with, like, a little golden cross on it. Uh, We also see, like, its shoulders, which are these much, like, broader, almost spiked shoulders. But in the extended spikes on the side are these little uh, 
bells that are basically jets. Um, so it has these like shoulder propulsion that, to help uh, generate lift and, and help it stabilize when it's flying, which is pretty cool. Um, there are also like part of its backpack kind of like peeks up over its shoulders where on like the Grandpa Gundam and like the Mark II, you would see beam sabers sitting. I think they just didn't know what to do with that part of it because <laughs> nothing ever comes out of it. Nothing ever goes into it. So it's just kind of there, I guess. Um, there might mm-hmm. be a reason for it. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> Who could possibly say? Uh, this thing's sick, though. I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> so so the next scene, uh, it's Relina's birthday party. She's like thanking all of her guests for arriving. Um, her father does have to leave early because, of course, he does. Uh, and like as she like kisses him on the mm-hmm. cheek goodbye, he leans over and like some photos fall out of this folder he's carrying. Oops, uh, he dropped and... his classified materials. Oh no, you keep Relina, you gotta <laughs> you you saw nothing. Uh obviously it's photos of Operation Meteor, it's photos of like the capsules falling to Earth. Uh very conveniently, the radio that's I guess on during Relina's birthday party on the table starts talking about ah, we we've confirmed that these were just meteorites yeah. that broke up. They were not unmanned craft like you think. And Relina's like, ah, is Hero a star prince? God, yeah, this she's, is just, she's this worried is so about much. that instead of the fact that the media is directly covering up. First of all, not only announcing exactly what the military is doing and thinking about, but like, you know, also directly lying to the public. And she does not acknowledge oh, yeah. that at she's all. She's well aware. She like knows this. She knows what's happening. She was in space and saw it. And it's like, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like the public doesn't need to know about it, but I do. And that's fine. There's no way to know what happened. Um, and this and, is and where the episode little... kind of. Yeah, it it started to kind of slow down, and to kind of make up for that, we get these little vignettes of the other Gundam pilots. Yeah, time to see my boys. Oh well, well first we do see Hero driving that stolen ambulance yet again. It's back. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's back. He he's loaded up with the torpedoes. Um, and, and the blonde fencing when, boy. Yes. Yeah. He he he. From earlier, he like drives alongside. He's like, is that Hero? No, it couldn't be. And he has like a tuxedo and like a bouquet of roses to give to Verlina as he drives to the party. <laughs> Then <laughs> uh, it's clown time. An invite yeah. because it seemed like he hadn't gotten one. <laughs> no, yeah. very, very, very rude of him. And then we get to visit uh, Romario Manini at the circus. God, clown time! This is our first like actual taste of what Tro is like because his introduction in the first episode is not an indication of his character really at all. Um, Not at all. But we see him at a circus, and he just kind of hands his papers to the ringleader. The ringleader's like, this is nothing. Your qualifications are nothing. And then Troll's like, check this shit out, and sticks his hand into a lion cage. And the lion is, like, roaring for a second, looks Troa dead in the eyes, and just walks up and just cuddles up with him. Because, and I quote, beasts only bear their fangs at enemies. Which is exactly what Troa says, which is... He does nothing to explain himself to these people. He's just like, I'm sick as shit. Check it out. And they're like, you're hired. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, in the traveling circus, that's as glowing a recommendation as you could possibly get. I do like that he tried to join the circus via his resume. Yeah. Why did he give them his resume? What was that? Yeah. It makes He's no sense. Just he like, doesn't know. He just wants to be a clown. Yeah, the ringleader's <laughs> like, I, I, I can't do anything with this. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, it just kid. says like worked at McDonald's one summer on it. <laughs> I, right. I, I am a Gundam pilot. It's like I don't know what this means. <laughs> uh, My references, oh, kind of, it's just, <laughs> yeah. 
there's this shot far like away from the circus. I think it's like snowing outside. And then there's this, yeah. this giant truck with a massive truck bed with something kind of covered up on top of it. And then we cut to our next little vignette. Yeah. Uh, Julie, you want to take this one? Sure. Uh, it's Katra and his army just kind of uh, vibing out in the desert. Uh, our good fancy boy is just laying on a giant rug in this frankly bonkers big tent. Mm-hmm. And he's he has some tea delivered as he watches some flamingos just kind of climb on his Gundam. It's all very nice, such, but also why is this boy so shot. rich? Yeah. He's a fancy lad. Um, the I I kind of want to talk about character costumes a little bit, but I'll I'll leave mm-hmm. that oh, until yeah, after Wu Fei, I think. Um Max, sure. do okay. you want to give us Wu Fei's introduction? Yeah. So Wu Fei is in a forest. Um he buys a truck that is loaded up with explosive with a briefcase full of cash. Uh one of the guys driving the truck is like, should you give this to a kid? And he's like, he's got money, why not? Uh, and then we get a brief Very shot of, of Shenlong that's just chilling underwater. Um, we, we still Wu Fei is the one we know the least about by the end of these episodes, yeah. which because he's like I th- he's like the furthest from all the other Gundams. Mm-hmm. Like he's in China Basically. right now, um, and and all this other stuff is happening in the Mediterranean, from what I can tell. Thereabouts, kind of, yeah, um, kind of. I mean, they go to Corsica eventually, so right. it's probably. I mean. If Wing was going into Central Eurasia and crashed in the water, I guess the nearest biggest body of water would probably be the Mediterranean, like the eastern part of it. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Regardless. Um, the So, yeah, the costumes. What the, what these boys? Yeah. The so, we also, we also do get a cool shot of uh, Shenlong Gundam just standing underwater, like kind of buried below a waterfall, which is like, okay, that's kind of like interesting stylistically because Wu Fei is... Uh, he seems very like pensive and standing under a waterfall is very much like thinking emoji. Um, but yeah, we get uh, a look at just about everyone's main costumes. We'll see them in for most of the show. Uh, Hero's got his green tank top and just like these biker shorts, essentially. Um, not much to say about that. It's, it's pretty bland. It's functional. His arms are free to move about as he wishes. So he's like very much, in control of his body with the outfit on, which I think kind of says a lot about his like need to be in control of the situation. Like he fucked up with wing and now he's trying to take control back. So it doesn't get into Oz's hands. We see duo who is allegedly wearing a turtleneck with a black shirt over top of it with like the middle of the collar cut out of it. So it looks very much like, uh, like a priest's garb. Um, and there is a reason for that that happens in the episode zero manga. Um, but his duo was adopted by a priest and he basically moderns or he does his look after that priest. The priest's name was Father Maxwell, which is where he gets his last name. Troa oh. is very much this like quiet, reserved person. I think he's wearing like a green or a, a blue like sweater, like a turtleneck sweater, and then just some yeah. like jeans or slacks. Um, it's very much just like he'd rather be comfortable and just kind of like quiet and laid back. Katra is the one that I really wanted to focus on because my man's mm-hmm. is wearing like a pink button up shirt with a vest and then khakis and like nice dress shoes while also being in the cockpit of a giant death robot. He's got a pair and of cool goggles. Yeah. 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 
Um, and then Wu Fei is kind of similar to Hero. Um, he's just got like a tank top, and then he's got these like very um, like karate gi looking pants. Yeah, um, he feels like it's, it feels like a kung fu movie mm-hmm. outfit. Right, exactly, and that's kind of what they're going for, um, especially with like the Shenlong Gundam and. Uh, there's more to that that we find out later as well, which is cool. Kind of like with that idea of him standing under the waterfall that goes with the motif of like his outfit design, where it's very supposed to be evocative of like a monk or like a martial artist. Mm, it's cool. I like a lot of them look similar, like at a glance, Hero, Duo, and Troa are like very hard to tell apart. Yeah. Just because like they all have brown hair, but it's like, you know, there's. Literally, Gundam, it's not like Fire Emblem, right? You can't have crazy hair like that. Right. Um, but the more you see of them, you can definitely, like, begin to tell them apart, especially by their personalities, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the blonde boy makes it to the party, and he knows, he's like, oh, Hero's not here. Maybe that is who I saw on the highway. And Relina's like, where the fuck did you see him? I gotta go now. <laughs> she does uh, do a big yell at her partygoers and her mom about it. Yeah. yeah. She is, like, so insistent and her mom is like i've never seen such severe expression on her face like she she needs to go see hero right away um and then she does so yeah she like, leaves <laughs> yeah, yeah right right away she gets in like her her driver to take the limo there uh, so she heads to that uh that that military base um we cut underwater uh mm-hmm. the cancer the cancer sees like the wreckage of the leo uh, doesn't see the Gundam. And importantly, they can't detect the metal of the Gundam. So mm-hmm. presumably, since Gundanium is not on Earth, they have no way to kind of like... Like it's not in their scanners or something. Exactly. Right. Like they, they're not able to scan or not able to pick it up with what the, the, the tools they have. Because like the wing Gundam's like right, like really close by it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's there. But we get this later on a lot in like combat where you can't like use sensors. You have to basically establish a visual with a Gundam in order to like fire on it. Yeah. Which is like a very sort of like clever thing of like, yeah, it's like if if something showed up that was a made of a metal you didn't understand, like you probably wouldn't be able to do a lot with it either. Mm-hmm. So they do find the wreckage of the wing Gundam. And when they get close to it, the wing has an alarm system that starts going off. That alerts. It's probably nothing. That alerts our very wonderful underwater god of death duo. He shows up and just fucking wrecks almost all of the specials. But importantly... One of the cancer units, or rather, I think the only cancer unit. Uh, I believe so, yeah. It mm-hmm. grabs his face with one of his claws and does the fun, like, scene from Evangelion where he just, like, is blasting <laughs> the head <laughs> section of the death site. And, like, it's very clearly, like, having some effect because we get a shot inside where Duo has, like, a headache now, which doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense, but don't think about it too hard. Um, and then he, he does manage to, I think, pull his scythe, uh, out after kind of faking being knocked out. Like the cancer yeah, so he's knocked lets out go of him. And he starts kind of like floating down as the cancer lets go. Um, yeah. he launches his shield bit, um, mm, which blows that's it what up. It was. Right. Okay. I think it's actually called the buster shield. That's sick that as hell. That makes more sense. That's kind of busters. cool. Lots of busters um, in this one though. Yeah. Uh, crab blows up. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to the wing Gundam, and he's like, "Oh, it has a self detonation device, just like mine. Uh, I know where the detonator is because it's just like mine." And the scythe does a really cool thing where the emitter like flips ninety degrees and forms like a really small precision beam, where he just like kind of pokes into the wing Gundam and like disables yeah. the detonator. He's like, "All right, like no sense in wasting this. I can use this thing for parts. Hell yeah!" Yeah, the the fact that he's like immediately like, "Oh, this thing's built like mine. It's like 
its off switch is probably in the same location. And then Duo, who, I again, I love him so much, I can't not talk about it, but he was, like, a scrapyard worker as a kid, essentially. Like, he was in, like, a street gang that basically, like, traded scraps and, and shit like that. So the fact that he's just like, yeah, you know, I'll use this as my backup supply. Like, of course he would. It's so fucking good. It's my so my one thing was like, how is your first thought? Oh, cool spare parts and not, huh, there's another one here. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Of course it's his Don't first thought. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Eyes open, plain, empty. convenient duo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um. As this happens, Relina makes it to the military base and looks on as it's just blowing the hell up. What has Hero done how, here? How the hell does Relina navigate her way through a military base in the middle of being bombarded and also manage to find exactly who she's looking for? Girl boss. <laughs> what can we say? She's a girl boss. That's yeah, it. She, she finds Hiro. She starts talking to him and he's just not responding. He doesn't really care. And then he, like, she says something and he kind of is just like, all right, she's not going to be quiet. He turns around and he has this extremely soft look on his face for a moment before saying, like, basically saying, you're in my way and leveling a gun at her. It's like, like, I mean, you know what, Relina? He did say he was going to kill you. Yeah, like, you you should have seen this one coming. Yeah. (laughs) Before he can shoot her, though, Duo busted through. Yeah. So we get, we hear this gunshot, it's not from Hiro's gun, and then we get this, like, slow-mo Matrix style following the bullet as it comes towards Hiro, and we get this cool little animation of it, like, hitting his arm. There's this cool little, like, red flash effect on the screen when that happens, Mm -hmm. and Duo says something along the lines of, like, stop right there, mister, and he's like, it's pretty obvious to me that you're the bad guy in this situation. Yeah! And also, Duo's wearing this very sick hat that, yes. like, it matches his outfit because it's black on the top and on the bottom of the, the brim, it's mm-hmm. white. So, yeah. like, homie has a matching hat. Like, Duo's got the drip, dude. It's Walk, walk, <laughs> fashion, baby. It's so good. And then Hiro, like, looks at his gun. Like, it got knocked out of his hand when he got shot. It's on the ground. He looks at it. And Duo basically is like, no. Hiro jumps at it. So Duo shoots him through the leg. Yeah. And uh, I think it's pretty funny that Duo shoots Hero twice. Twice. Um, (laughs) The numbers don't lie. Relina, like, body blocks in between them. And, like, Mm -hmm. tourniquets both his gunshot wounds. And and Duo's Duo's like, so confused. Did I fuck up? Yeah. (laughs) Are we the baddies? And then, like, I think on instinct, basically, Hero reacts. He's like, all right, I need to do this. It's now or never. Um, the Gundam's in the background. Gundam Death Scythe is latched onto the wing Gundam and is raising it from the water. Duo's like, shit, I must have miscalculated. They were supposed to come up later. And Hiro is like, this is my chance. He jumps onto these torpedoes that are being, like, lifted by this crane and basically sets them to fire. They shoot out into the water and blast both of the Gundams, knocking them both back into the ocean. I will say, he rides those like a fucking Mario Kart. Yeah, he does! Oh he, like, launches in them. He's a living jackass episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, like, as as the torpedoes fire, he, like, falls into the ocean. He's like, finally, it's over. Yeah, And, like, the last shot of him... <laughs> he's just fucking floating face down in the ocean. Do... Like, mission successful. He's just Are taking you sure? a nap. Don't worry about it. 
don't, the, the episode... don't wake him. He's so sleepy. <laughs> the episode God, like wraps up with Zex saying something too. He says a, something about like, there's a jinx about Gundams. Uh, it's like, you know, anyone who has seen one has never lived to tell about it. And it's like, buddy, you found out Gundams existed less than like 24 hours ago. How do you know what, it, how do you know this like colloquial story about them? Like, no, how, how is there a, a myth around these things that did not exist? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> what, what we didn't see in the extended cut is his lieutenant being like, I don't think anyone says that. And Zex like, they do now. <laughs> I made it. I made it. This is my say. Yeah. And then uh, the final shot of the episode is Hero face down in the water. It's so good. He's just bleeding from two gunshot wounds <laughs> face down. He's fine. It's he's cool. dead, but he's fine. He's dead, but he's fine. <laughs> and that's episode. That is episode. Uh, on to fe- Don't honk at me. <laughs> Sorry. Someone's like honking and yelling outside. <laughs> oh, <no>. My bad. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> Episode 3. Five Gundams confirmed. Zex decides to give up the search for Wing Gundam and instead confirm the existence of the other Gundams for Operation Media. As he travels to the Corsica Mobile Suit Factory, Hero wakes up restrained in an Alliance military medical facility. The Alliance can't figure out if Hero is a friend or foe, and before they can make any more progress, Duo breaks in and busts Hero out of the hospital. As they jump out of the window on the 50th floor, Hero refuses to open his parachute, wanting to kill himself. When he hears Rulina's voice, he opens his chute, but is still injured by his fall. He and Duo are picked up by boat and escape. Meanwhile, at the Corsica base, Zex is met by Walker, the head of a specials unit in the base. We learn the specials, founded by Trez Kushernada, are the mobile suit division that aids the Alliance. Walker shows Zex to the Tall Geese, one of the first mobile suits and their best bet in taking down a Gundam. Zex leaves the base with the Tall Geese as Gundam Heavy Arms and Sandrock assault it, destroying all the specials with ease. Troa and Katra, the pilots of these two Gundams, meet face to face finally. Lastly, Duo and Hero successfully pull their suits up from the bottom of the ocean. Oh, I like yeah. that the episode's called Five Gundams Confirmed when Zex specifically says there's only four Gundams. Well, part of why he says that is because he knows Wing Gundam is at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, like he knows it's not going to be here. We have to we really right. have to worry about the other four yeah. right now. But yeah, it, it is it is kind of a funny title considering he does explicitly say there are only four Gundams. <laughs> tr- tr- source, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um... So, fancy lad Trez over here is is just doing some shooting in his Trez estate is just yard. Doing hot girl shit. <laughs> this man has so much goddamn money. Like this, like this is a palace he's got. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of immoral the fact that he's so rich, but also I kind of like him. I think he's kind of neat. You're valid. Yeah, it's a good take. I think You're he's fine. A funny guy. <laughs> uh, as as he's shooting, uh, Zex is radioing him, and they're talking about how like. Oz is kind of in a stalemate with the Alliance right now because, like, they don't really know the Alliance's goals. Um, yeah. But they do know that, like, the Alliance is planning some sort of, like, welcoming ceremony in in a um, military base in, in, in Corsica. And he kind of deduces that the Gundams will probably head there because, like, they have an especially weak sort of, like, selection of, of mobile suits that they're sending there. Also because it is a mobile suit factory, I think. Yeah, it's, like, like, kind of double dipping on it. Right. Easy target. Um, but as as Zex is talking about it, Trey's is basically like, "Oh, you want to go fight the fucking Gundams, don't you?" <laughs> and Trace is like, like, "No." <laughs> just just real puppy dog eyes about the whole thing. <laughs> May I please fight the Gundams? God. And Trey's Trey's basically is like, "Oh yeah, I order you to go to Corsica." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and that's it's what good. they said to Napoleon Bonaparte too. 
It's it's such a, a good little exchange between the two of them because it establishes like they're directly working together, uh, but they have kind of a relationship. Trey's is very much like I'm running the operation, and uh, Zex is very much like I would rather be on the battlefield. And this is the yes, second exactly. time it's been made very apparent. Yeah, I like that dynamic where Trey's feels like the mastermind in all this, and yes. Zex is like the, the very competent, like second in command who does all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. I like the yeah, building of their rapport. That's very cool yeah. to see. Yeah, it, it's it's a solid um, uh, character dynamic moment. And then we yeah. go to Hiro in the hospital. He's like crucified right now. So yeah. he is strapped down on uh, a cross-shaped table, um, mm-hmm. much like Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, the imagery means nothing. It's, it's simply symbolism. <laughs> True. It's just there. Uh, but when he wakes up, um, he knows exactly where he is, like down to the room. Yeah. How do you do that? He like echolocates. I, does he have a GPS? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah. No, yeah, the, the beeping noise that is, is in the cockpit. The that's him. He just ah, makes that noise right. himself. That's how he echolocates. He's daredevil. <laughs> He's just like treatment uh, room, fiftieth floor. I'm like, buddy, are you sure? <laughs> He's sure too. <laughs> well, what we don't see in the widescreen version, there's a, a placard on the wall that says that. <laughs> but yeah, he he wakes up with, uh, notably, he wakes up, we see him wake up, and a character who's like monitoring him up in an observation room is like, huh? And then uh, a, a woman behind him who seems to be in charge is like, what is it? And he's like, oh, I thought I saw something, but there's no change in the vitals, which is insane that you would be able to, like, become conscious and have no change in, like, heart yeah, he and brainwaves. Yeah, like, or... control over everything. Yeah. He's a Like, freak. Duo even notes that later on. It's like, mm-hmm. shit, dude, that's fucking impressive. Yeah. And this is where we're introduced to Major Sally Pode. And she thinks this child yeah. is a freak. And she's right. I mean, she's she ain't wrong. Uh one of her lieutenants messages her and is like, yeah, we were, we're analyzing this disc that he had on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't really crack it. It's full of encryption. Uh, he might be a member of, like, the colony resistance. We really can't tell yet. Um, and we cut back and they're scanning Hero. And I don't know if either of y'all caught what the text was uh-huh. saying when they're mm-hmm. scanning Hero. So it is the about and instructions page for the scanner imaging yeah. software Twain. Um, and just keep in mind that the requirements for the software include Adobe Photoshop. Just don't don't fucking forget it. It's it is it is a fucking great. It is a fan favorite noted trivia moment where they literally just needed text to put on screen. So they just put the about section. I mean, if if it's either this or Lorem Ipsum, I'd rather it be this because this is more fun. It's so much funnier. Absolutely. They put the fucking B movie script over here. In this moment, they do also say that Hero has over 200 bruises and broken bones, but, like, no surface wounds outside of the gunshots. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent... Can, you know, continuing the Tales Gets Trolled references, he's the he's Shadow when he was yeah, in time prison. in time prison. And can't move. Every single movement he makes is him breaking his bones and them resetting. He's in constant agony. But it just seems like he's looking normal. And we do get a really humanitarian moment from Sally Poe where one of her folks is like, when he wakes up, should we, you know, pump him with truth serum? And she's like, no, like that could like poison this child's body and like stunt his growth. He's just a boy. (laughs) I think he's evil, but he's also just a boy. He's just a boy. Uh, As it happens, we cut outside. Life is unfair. (laughs) <laughs> this is true. Uh, Duo's in a phone booth calling 
<laughs> I don't know, a farmer? Yeah, it's he so talks good. about the wheat fields. So he's either talking in code or he's literally saying, yeah, I'm going to help someone farm because I'm good at it because my Gundam has a scythe. Yeah, like that's so, why I'm not actually sure. I can kind of explain. There's a uh-huh. moment later on when Hiro and Duo are on the beach where there's a boat in the background. That's their escape vessel. Duo mm-hmm. basically made a deal with someone to get a boat to pick them up. And by, like, having that boat pick them up, he's basically actually offering his labor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's good at threshing. So, yeah, why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you have a skill, might as well use it. Um, we have a shot of Zex on his shuttle. And he's kind of, mm-hmm. like, getting intelligence of where the Gundams are. And he knows that one of them isn't going to attack Corsica because it's, like, still all the way in the Yangtze River in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, of course, Shenlong because we yep. did see it underwater. Yep. Um. And and he 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 notes that it's like moving so slowly, so it's probably not like made for air or speed use. Yes, he um, does. So that's one Gundam that we just do not need to worry about right there, now. There are probably specialized Gundams, is one of the things he kind of picks up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I can tell, one is the shooting one. <laughs> one is and the shooting one. One is the death one. The other one's the one, death one. One's the hot topic one. The one is the death one, and then we've got gun. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yes, gun. I mean. We, get, we put the gun in Gundam. What more could it's, you want? It's you've got gun Gundam, uh, the beam gun Gundam, and the other three Gundams. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and those ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little short shot of... And, and like, I, Zex mentions, they're like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to attack an alliance base nearby. I hope they can handle it. And, and then it's always sunny title card. They the alliance can. base cannot handle yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it, I think specifically what he says is, I pray they fight well. And then it hard cuts to them just being destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it uh, Wu Fei specifically going, like, sicko mode. <laughs> yeah. I like him. He's cool. He's, like, I mean, you know, they're all cool, but, like. Wu Fei feels like the most closed off of all of them. Yes. Sure. I'll, sure. I mean, I think it's also because we've gotten the least out of Wu Fei. No, I, it's fine. I just, it's fine. (laughs) See, see, this is what the show is fun because y'all know and I don't. I'm baby. Uh, Um, I think we cut back to the hospital and we have Relina showing up at the front door and she's like, is there any news? And one of the like, you know, nurses or whatever is like, oh, you're the girl who dropped him off. We'll see if we can get you inside. (laughs) Once again, Relina just getting into a heavily guarded military facility for no reason. I mean, presumably she's like, she has pulled because they know she's like the vice foreign minister's daughter. I guess. I feel like she would definitely be able to get into a military hospital pretty easily. I suppose. I don't know. But... She is still a child. Right. Hmm. Well, she's a very she's a very insistent child. This you can't say no sure. to those that that the, those angry eyebrows she can pull. Yeah, this is true. Um, while she's kind of like entering the building, we go back to Hiro, and like one of the monitors on the side of his observation room lights up, and you see a a familiar hatted figure. Uh, he kind of like does the quiet gesture with his finger to his lips. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just starts talking. Um, there's no sound coming through that screen. And Hiro is looking at it. We get a cut to Duo's perspective where he's like, I'm betting a talented guy like you probably knows how to lip read. And he, Hiro's like, so can you, or, or Duo's like, so can you hear me? And and Hiro closes his closes eyes. Closes his eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's 
He's like, and he, then he keeps talking, but like none of this is going to be translated out at this point, buddy. <laughs> he can echolocate. It's fine. It's, it's He's Daredevil. So he can hear him somehow. Uh, Duo an amazing kind of boy explains he's, he's here to bust Hero out. And then we get mm-hmm. Sally Poe uh, actually meeting up with Relina in an elevator sequence. Yeah. That This is a cute moment. Um, I quite like this. Yeah. I love Relina's just cool. Yeah. I think she like almost immediately picks up on the fact that Hero is maybe in trouble at this point. Right. Um mm-hmm. with the like line of questioning because she just says, No, he just seems like a normal boy. There's nothing weird about him. Though she does fuck up and give his name. Yeah. Which they did not previously have. And then yeah. she like super overcorrect being being like, Yeah, we're actually friends and we go back a long way. So you should He's really my let best me see buddy. him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's it's such a good moment. She like really over exaggerates and, and gesticulates a lot in that moment. And uh mm-hmm. Sally Poe's like, I'm sorry, it seems I've, you know, like overstepped. <laughs> Yeah, she she does also like sort of introduce herself as Darlene's disobedient daughter, which is yes. very yeah, yeah. That was good. Uh, and and as they like kind of make it to the room where Hero is, a, the wall just blows up. Duo mm-hmm. busting through. Um, Duo busting through for the second time. Duo, yeah, and and he's like kind of breaking. He's like trying to help Hero break his restraints, <laughs> yeah. and he can't oh get one God. off. And then Hero reaches his arm over. He's like, "Give me your knife," and his <laughs> arm is just pouring blood out of it. And Duo's like, how in the hell? And it cuts over, and we see Hiro's other arm restraint just fully busted open. This was like a like heavy-duty strap. We saw him actually mm-hmm. earlier like flex his arms a little bit, again, without changing heart rate or brainwave function. And he was like bending the metal on the table when he was flexing. Normal teen boy. <laughs> Normal teen boy. God. Um, and, and yeah, like they, they, they bust out, Duo blows up a window, and they both jump out. Uh, I'm questioning the technology Duo has. He does have a cool, like, laser parasol. This is one of my favorite pieces. One of my favorite pieces of technology in, like, all of sci-fi for how silly it is, but also how just, like, inventive it is that someone was like, yeah, what if he had, like, a parasol that shot out fire really fast? You guys remember the Kickstarter or, like, the GoFundMe for the um, the air umbrella? <laughs> this is it's basically this yeah it's basically this it's like a it's like a crutch because it like he has a grasp on it in his hand but it also connects to his forearm for stability and it's like spinning around at high speed with a flame pointed at like a 45 degree angle and it like helps hit like him descend very slowly it's very cool Hero, on the other hand, is just in free fall, has no plans of opening his eyes or his parachute, and Duo's like, you're gonna die. <laughs> and and he, he's like, oh, this is gonna stick with me. I'm not yeah. gonna be able to get over seeing this. The, the yeah, line this he says in English hit is... gonna these rocks real hard. Yeah. <laughs> the, the line Duo says in English is, damn, I'm gonna have nightmares over this one. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right before he beefs it, though, Relina's like, Hero, no! Yeah. Uh, and, and this kind of snaps him out of it and, like, makes him actually pull his parachute. Uh, he doesn't really have enough space for it to fully open because he does just, like, collide into the side of the cliff. And he, <laughs> Hero takes a tumble, just completely <laughs> beefs it down the side of this cliff right onto the beach. Yeah. He's fine, um, though. He, he's completely fine! Yeah, no, he, he slams into this cliff and then stands up. <laughs> Yep. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, we know he dislocated his knee. But yeah, we do see that, that at the end, but he is just walking immediately fine, though. Mm-hmm. 
like duo kind of helps him <laughs> up and he's like all right like you don't need to trust me but you're the only one that like i know right now you're the, you're my he says you're the only friend i've got yeah and that's when they kind of like get on this boat that appears here yeah the, the one jay had said previously that shows up mm-hmm. duo says right now i'm the only friend you got pally <laughs> pally <laughs> old buddy old pal Duo's and then so Duo, good. when he does land he lets go of his little like propellant umbrella thing and it just flies away and we never see it again like hold on to that thing is it is it single use <laughs> apparently What's it's, done. it's gotta go home now <laughs> and, and duo's beam umbrella died on the way to his home planet <laughs> uh, so then we cut to the corsica mobile suit factory mm-hmm. this is where they make all the leos where the where the sausage is made um the specials are here uh we learn that the specials are essentially they're the one like this is the mobile suit portion of the alliance military because yeah. all the other alliance members are just like you know a regular military um, and this we also like learned that Trace's yeah. baby, like that, yes, he runs like this within the alliance proper. Like he's right. the one that's like focusing the resources on the mobile suit tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like so good at the fighting that the rest of, like you said, the regular uh, military are like not super cool with it. Yeah, they 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 hate the specials' guts, and, yeah. and namely Commander Bonaparte who's, like, the head of the military in this factory. He's, like, on a blimp for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, again, it's just, like, there's opening ceremony. There's a few things that kind of get lost in the mix here, like, including the fact that the specials are, they're so good at fighting that they've basically been allowed by the Alliance to act when they want. So if there's a battle going yeah. on and the specials don't want to be involved, they don't have to. But more importantly, if there's mm-hmm. a battle and they want the glory, they can go steal it basically yeah and then yeah, uh, this, is, this is what scott does point. to a motherfucker <laughs> the um the the corsica base has like it's it's military leader i can't remember his name because he's not important he gets in a blimp but the reason he's getting in a blimp i believe is because there's like a military demonstration that's supposed to be going on to honor the fact that the factories are starting production again um, because one of their God, supply facilities, one of their supply facilities was attacked by a Gundam, and so things had to shut down for a little bit, uh, and it gets completely glossed over. It's yeah, like they say it in like a news alert or something. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah, they they're pretty good at that, where they kind of just like throw the kind of world building stuff like underneath the scene that's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. They they do it in a very smart, casual way, where it's like it, it they. They continued the, the writers to make the characters exposit in ways that seem natural, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it's handled. Kind and of and well. if not, we just get yeah. And, and when it's not a character expositing, it's just the narrator Dio saying it, which is still fine. You know, <laughs> yeah, narrator. Because that's that's um, how we get the info about the specials. I, I assume it's the same yeah. in the sub where the narrator comes in and like directly tells the viewer what the specials mm-hmm. are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, Zex gets so when Zex a factory tour. <laughs> Yeah, so, so he meets Walker, who is the leader of the specials here. Mm. Uh, I like Walker. He's kind of cool. Like, he's, I mean, like, you know, he's part of the Alliance. He's part of the specials. But, like, aside from that, he seems like a pretty, like, level-headed guy here. Yeah, for, um, you know, the next ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it, we do get a funny line from Zex where he's like, when Walker shows up on his bike, Zex says, you got a special machine to show me? Yeah. <laughs> it got me in one. <laughs> uh, and, and my next note is... Farquad point white. Yeah. So what Walker shows up to do is 
tell Zex about the original prototype for the Leos. It was a much larger mobile suit, and it was capable of a lot higher performance, but ultimately, capitalism, you know, it breeds innovation, right? So what they did is they made it smaller and shittier, and that's how you got the Leos. Uh, And then the tall geese which is the prototype for the Leos, was uh, cut from development. So it is a full body. The suit was built, and it is in a hangar with its head not being assembled uh, entirely. It is just gripping its own head. Metal as fuck. That's pretty fucking sick, though. It's like a dull hand type situation. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking cool. And it is much bigger than the Leos. And Walker kind of points out, he's like, based on the data we've received from the few, like fights we've seen against these enemy mobile suits this thing might be able to keep up with them and this is going to be like the only thing that's going to be able to because mm-hmm. as we've already seen these leos aren't yeah yeah the body count of mobile suits is already like absurdly high I would and say, as we see in the opening tall geese is pretty matched yeah i would say specifically the body count of wufei and troa is them boys is mm-hmm. they're they're racking up a kill count they, they're gonna get a UAV soon. That kill streak's going up. Anyways, uh, my other uh, son, Tall Geese, is here. Uh, I yes. I think there may have been a point. I don't know because it's kind of either too far beyond or it's never been actually mentioned. But I think one of the possible names for this would have been the Cygnus, which isn't technically Zodiac, but it is a star. Like it, yeah, it's still a star. It, it's, it's a constellation. Um, but they ended up going with Tall Geese, and it's this beautiful white mobile suit with this, like, Roman centurion-style arc on top of its head and this stunning blue visor. It's not it's not eyes like most Gundam units have, um, and it's not like the, the pale faceplate like the Leo has. It is a visor, which, fun fact— And it has the Gundam face vents. Yes, and, yep. and fun fact about its visor, actually, that is an exterior component only, so it is very literally a mask. Underneath that is the actual camera sensor like you would see on a Leo unit. And that is true even in the model kits, which is sick as hell. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yeah. That I, I have the real grade tall geese. I don't remember that little detail. That's, that's, yep, it's, it's that's true rules. for the real grade. It's true for the Master Grade Tall Geese 3 and the uh, Master Grade 1. I don't know about Tall Geese 2. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Tool geese. Um, this thing rules. I love it. It's, it's just so it's just very. And it's interesting that his name was going to be Cygnus because that is Latin for swan. Well, so again, still, I don't. It tracks both yep. ways. That's not like canon or confirmed, but that's what I believe in my heart. And they chose. Okay. They chose to name it Tall Geese instead of that. Or mm-hmm. maybe there was another name for it. But that like that matches up in my head. And so that's what I choose to mm-hmm. believe. <laughs> okay. It's canon death to of, me death now. Death of the author. It's ours now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and Walker wants Zex to take it. You know, he's like, this is the only bet against the Gundams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like Jay said, Heavy Arm shows up here. Um, they sortie the arrows. Leos are firing on it. It does not matter. Nope. Mm-hmm. Heavy Arms like, is blowing literally everything out of the water that they throw at it. We get a, he, a shot that I think we'll see a few more times of Heavy Arms just... It opens its... Um, its chest compartment it opens its shoulder and leg compartments uh that are like along the mm-hmm. sides of it and just fires a ton of missiles on top of the gatling guns that are in its like pec uh locations mm-hmm. its pectorals and its giant machine gun and its vulcans on its head like this thing is decked out with guns and missiles and grenades 
And it doesn't even need all that because some Ares close in close and it just pulls a knife out and starts cutting them apart still. Yes. Though it does um, eventually run out. Mm-hmm. It happens. And there's, it happens. there's uh, this thing where um, like Troa is playing like mental chess with the commander and the commander is like, ah, this yeah. thing is just going to start firing on us with all it's got. We'll surround it and take it out. And Troa is like, I don't care. Like, you don't know everything that I can do. And then he goes sicko mode and just like continues to fire until he runs out of bullets. And then the um, one of the Ares pilots, I think it's Walker. I could be wrong. No, it, it's one of Walker's men telling okay. Walker's like, hey, don't fucking charge him. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to charge him. Yeah. And, and so they're trying to protect the blimp specifically. Like the specials are actually acting honorably in this mm-hmm. moment. Um, they're yeah. basically like, you get out of here. Zex, get out of here with whatever, you know, thing that you were here for. And we will use our deaths to get you more information on the enemy we're fighting, which like Mm. that sucks to even have that mindset at all. Um, And it seems like Walker's in that mindset, like from the get go, because he's talking about how he's like living for the soldiers of tomorrow. Like he is, he is set in that path. Thanks. uh, Thanks to Zex. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he says that twice. He first says that when he tells Zex to leave and not fight, fight for the soldiers of tomorrow. And then Mm -hmm. he says it at Bonaparte as well as he retreats on his blimp. Um, And then, so, so the Ares charges, uh, uh, heavy arms, who's out of ammo, but Sandrock's here. This and Sandrock's friends are here. This Ares gets fucking sniped, too. <laughs> it's it's such a yeah, traumatic... Yeah, like, the one that's charging gets sniped, and then the other three just get absolutely shredded. It's yeah. God. So, Sandrock is here, but also his entire little supporting army is also here. So, this is the first time, I don't think we get a name yet, but this is the Maganak Corps. Um, yep. And they are, they are here to try to stop Oz. They're here to try to stop the Alliance for whatever reason. And then we see Sandrock get both of its giant scimitars and like pincer style grab a mobile suit. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's that same like uh, pilot that was speaking earlier about like, you know, our deaths will fuel your information for the future. Katra says, I'm sorry. And then slices yeah. this dude He's in half. He's such a soft boy. He's a sweet boy. Uh, I think specifically they're show tells okay. that yeah. the Sandrock uses. It's like a specific kind of, I think it originates in Ethiopia. Um, very cool sword, but Walker does get like, you know, slice in half by this thing. Um, <laughs> and after all of the Oz suits are destroyed, the Sandrock and the heavy arms like have a standoff. Uh, Zex like takes off at this point. Um, and like he and his subordinate, like basically salute the remaining soldiers on yeah. the battlefield as they leave because they know that like they his, can't do anything for them, but it's better to leave now anyway. I believe the subordinate with him is named Otto as well, and he actually is yes, a recurring is character. So I want to yep. make note of his name. Yeah. Um, the Gundams have a hand to hand fight now. Like they don't use weapons; they yeah. just like are straight up punching and like judo throwing each other and shit. It's like honestly kind of sick to like yeah. see no. these. Especially have a wrestle. Especially moving on from uh, G Gundam, seeing like pilots with these like uh, like aircraft style control sticks piloting these giant humanoid suits in a way where they're physically like punching and interacting and grappling each other like that is like coming off of G. It's very cool to see that in a different context where the control scheme is entirely different. It's not, you're moving it with your whole actual uh-huh. body in a uh, tracer. Yeah, suit. You're using levers and buttons, right? 
it's it's just really satisfying to me. And I think um, Sandrock actually gets the upper hand. It it pins uh, one of Heavy Arms. It, it pins the non Gatling gun arm, and um, Katra actually like sends a, a broadcast. He's like, "We should not be fighting." And uh, opens his fucking cockpit and steps out into yeah. it. Just like steps out to meet at this point a person he does not know and does not know will not just murk him here. Right. I like. I really like Katra so far. Like he seems like the sort of most righteous of all the boys so far. He has. Like, he has a very different reason for being here than everyone else, and it shows in mm-hmm. a good way. Yep. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I like, I, I like that he already has buddies. I like right. I don't know, he's just he's just a, a nice boy. Uh, Troa walks out of the heavy arms with like with his hands up in yeah. surrender. Yeah, and and Contra's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I came out first. You don't need right. to surrender, homie. Oh man, it's it's such a good uh, moment um, because Troa's like, yeah. I've I've been bested. My life is in his hands. Um, mm-hmm. And then Contra's like, I'm not gonna kill you. Like <laughs> this. This isn't yeah, Iron-Blooded Orphans. <laughs> yeah, right? God. Uh, um, and the last scene, uh, the, uh, Hero and uh, Duo are like on their boat. It, yeah. They're on an even bigger boat now. Yeah. They're on like a trawler. Uh, and they're like pulling up the suits from the ocean. And like as Duo's operating the crane, we just see Hero snapping his leg back into place. And Duo's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. He's just setting oh it God. against a wrench. And he's like, fine, again. Our boys right. are always fine. <laughs> I love that Duo is like immediately so exasperated by Hero's antics. Like <laughs> it feels like Duo's babysitting Hero at this yeah, point. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Um I I love Duo so much. He's just so like fun and charismatic and part mm. of me believes he was meant to be the main character and then they were like, "No, we should go with like a brooding bad boy." <laughs> it is a 90s after all. Um but yeah, there's I, I can't remember the exact line. I didn't write it down. But Duo's basically like, oh man, he's he's setting his own leg. Like that grosses me out. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it, uh, one of the things uh, that and- seems to be a through line so far that no one else seems to have figured out is that the best way to handle a mobile suit is to get up close and just pin it. Um, so yeah. like, where's Andrew Graham when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> honestly we need we need that canadian big grappler gundam to just like make everyone exactly. stop doing what they're doing yeah. <laughs> so we've seen it work twice now right exactly and twice in three episodes a pretty pretty damn solid record so far yeah and i, I think the scene with duo and hero is the end of episode three yep that is where it closes yep. that is and that 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 is the end of our set for this week. Pretty strong opening trio of episodes, huh? Yeah, they're so they're good. A lot of I, th- I think the show is good. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a hey! I think Wing might be good so far. It's pretty good so far. Like obviously, you know, I've seen three episodes, but as far as first impressions go, I've am very much enjoying this show. That makes me happy. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um. And of, and of course, no segment today. We're already going pretty long on time. And, right. You know, it's the first episode. We're getting we're getting into the groove of it. Um, so we can wind down. We can close. Um, time for social media plugs. If y'all have anything to plug, uh, Julia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't do much on Twitter, but you can find me at the Crown Jewels uh, with two underscores at the underscores at the end. That's Jules J U L E S. Oh yeah. Jay, <laughs> um, 
I'm I'm Jared. I have been Jared uh, or, or Jay. Um, uh, that's my stage name, you know. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter uh, at Pagliacci Proto J. Uh, I believe my like screen name or whatever right now is uh, Duo Maxwell Fanboy in 2021. Uh, but if you want to talk Gundam specifically, you're more likely to find me in the Wow Cool Robot Discord server. I don't tweet about much. Um, I'm just kind of a, a guest here on the show for the time being, so I'll be promoting it uh, for my time on it. But the rest of my Twitter is like kind of useless. <laughs> um, hire me if uh, you need a voice actor. Just DM me on Twitter or uh, if you find me on Discord, let me know, I guess. But that's about it. <laughs> Can you confirm they do a fucking banger Kaiba impression? Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've been Max. Uh, you can go to Max Bajillion on Twitter to find me. Uh, you can listen to Pod of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaiba Corp. On Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast. We're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! GX now. That show is insane. Um, and I also have another show called Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast. Uh, that's at slappersonlypod.com or slappersonlypod on Twitter. Our next episode will be on Ace Combat 7. Fun plane game. Cannot wait. I'm uh, so excited. <laughs> Jared, you're going to really like what the next episode's going to be after that. Yeah. Um, Can I be on it? <laughs> no. No. It's, we're, we're about to do it's It's, it's going to be an experimental one. Okay. Okay. Um, but but you'll, you'll you'll enjoy the game we talk about. Hell yeah. Um, and and like you mentioned, this show has a Discord and a Twitter. Go to Wow Cool Podcast on Twitter to check us out. There are Discord links in every episode description as well as the Twitter header. Come hang out with us. Post about your gunpla. Just talk about whatever you want, really. We have a great time. We have a lot of fun emojis. Yeah. Expect, hey, expect some cool wing emojis coming soon because yes. new show means new content. Yeah. The, the Discord's a lot of fun. Uh, there are people who are insanely enthusiastic about a lot of different series um, people do love sharing their gunpla, and it's probably one of my highlights anytime anyone posts something in there. Um, but you can also hang out with, like, previous show hosts, like Colin and Sarah yeah. and Argyle and Audrey and Jake and Morg and, you know, the whole gang's there. And it's, it's I don't yeah. know, it's just a lot of fun. I'm glad that you enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. And one one more question before we close. Sure. Uh, Jared. Yes. What's your robot of the week? Bender from Futurama. Well, you know what? I'm I just really, kidding. I'm just kidding. My I, okay, okay, my, <laughs> okay. My robot of the week is the Oz Double O M S Tall Geese because of fucking course it is. Would it be anything else? <laughs> it's 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 just sick. It's so cool looking. Tall Geese fucking rules. It's I I forgot that it was introduced in episode three. I'm already pogging and losing my fucking mind about it. Mm. Shout out to my unpheasant in a couple uh, Pokemon Draft League seasons ago named Tall Geese that like oh, yes. had MVP at one point in time. <laughs> that bird goes off. People, people sleep on too. unpheasant. <laughs> it, it's just you can you can literally just run a crit build on that thing. It rules. Um, <laughs> and finally, as we as we say to close, war is bad. Wow, cool robot. See you next week. Uh, I almost said new types. No new types here. Um, I'll kill you. Bye. <laughs> check check mission for more information, Gundam team. Bye. <laughs>